This big dog will fight when you rattle his cage And you'll be sorry that you mess with the U.S. of A. Cause we'll put a boot in your ass and say Hello and welcome to the National Journal of Social Security Institution. I'm your host, Jay Patterson, and I just have one thing to say to kick off this show. It's called soccer, bitch. (laughs) Oh my god, it is a beautiful thing. Because not only is the U.S. advancing to the round of 16, after, um, you know, not pulling in 24... After... Actually, no, they did, because they tied Wales. That was the same as the Portugal game eight years ago. God, the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's a brand new roster, and they still pull the fucking Portugal against a worse team. But, nevertheless, we are through to the round of 16. We are playing the Netherlands at 9 a.m. on Saturday in the round of 16. Honestly, I think we can beat them. I genuinely do. Like, they're good, but it could have been so much worse. We, we could have gotten a much worse ju- draw. Germany, France, mostly those two. Because I honestly think we're capable of beating England. We, we can... Saudi Arabia is not getting through, so they're not an issue. We could beat Poland. And speaking of Poland, thanks to Saudi Arabia scoring one goal against Mexico... Uh, it was five minutes into seven minutes of added time in a game they were going to lose. Sends, sends Mexico home. For the first time since 1978, the Mexican national team is not making it through to the round of 16, to the knockout stages. And that is just a beautiful thing. That... That, uh, let, let's, let's use this to transition to the recap, that an American hero quite literally stuck, took his balls of steel and shoved them into Iran's face to, to score a goal. It was a beautiful thing. And I love, I love how U.S. soccer is trying to hide it. Like they announced it as a, uh, as as an abdominal contusion was the official injury. No, U.S. soccer, you cannot, you cannot hide what happened to Christian Pulisic from us. We all watched that game. He got headbutted in the balls. It was not intentional. It's just like his positioning and the way he scored that goal and the way he landed just because of, you know, conservation of momentum you know, Newton's, what, what is that? Newton's first law? Because third is every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So, yeah, that's Newton's first. A body in motion tends to stay in motion unless acted upon by an outside force. Well, uh, the outside force was the Iranian goalkeeper's head. And uh, the body was essentially Christian Pulisic's balls. So, yeah, um, 
the the Twitter memes were incredible. It's like, well, he uh, he he may have just he may have just sacrificed his ability to have children. I don't think it was that bad. Because if it was that bad, he wouldn't have been up and moving a few minutes later and been able to finish out the half. Because this madman did actually finish out the half. And then as soon as he came out and in the second half, we played like dog shit. <laughs> like, if that Tim Weah goal didn't get disallowed because of that god-awful offsides call... Like, his knee was offside. Half of one leg was offsides. Like, half of one leg. The rest of his body was good. It's such a stupid rule. Like, I don't know how you fix it. Same with same with block charge in college basketball. Like, I don't know how you fix the rule. But it's gotten... It's gotten so far from what was originally intent, what the original intention of the rule was. Like offsides and block charge, they're the same. They're they're not actually the same. One is, uh, you know, running is an offensive player running a guy over on his way to the basket. Like, yeah, you you shouldn't be able to do that. But a guy also should not be able to grab his balls, stand still, and let someone knock him over. Like, and, and fall at the slightest brush of the other guy's knee on his chest. Especially when, uh, I'm, I'm talking about basketball here for a second. Especially when a, like, 6'8 guy, 6'7", 6'8 guy, falls over. At the slightest brush of 5'7", Darius McGee's knee. Like, he's not knocking you over, dude. Like, really when it's anybody. When it's any, like, 6'8", 6'9", 6'11", 7'0", center who falls over when the five between 5'11", and 6'2", point guard just barely brushes his knee across his chest... Like that's that's bullshit. Same with same with defenders taking a half step forward to force an attacking player offsides. And I'm gonna keep calling it offsides because that is the name of the rule. Because as we established, it is called soccer, which means the name of that penal the name of that violation is offsides. Plural. Just like it's sports, not sport, and it's math, not maths. Like, I had to emphasize the S because it sounded so weird. And yes, I'm still, I'm still picking on England. Because that is what, that is what we as Americans do. Despite the fact that they've been our allies more than they've been our enemy. Like, the last time England was an enemy of the United States, in the literal sense of the word, was like 1815. It's been over 200 years. <laughs> Like, that was the last time we were actually, we were actually truly enemies with England. But my God, I still love any time we can make fun of them. Like, because I have wound up on the side of TikTok where it's just British people just constantly acting like Americans are stupid. 
stupid and have no culture, which is just, and our food sucks. You, you have room to talk. You're, you're the same people who think, uh, you're the same people who think you can drive from Los Angeles to Dallas in a single day. Because you can't. For those who don't know, that's, that's like a, that's like a two, three day drive. If you're flying. It's a long ass drive. Heck, it. It would take an entire day of nonstop driving to get to one end of California to the other. Like, oh my God, British people piss me off. Like British people genuinely piss me off. I'm probably descended from British people more, like more than likely just because of, you know, what I look like, but still British, British people piss me off. Like you talked so much shit coming into that game. So much shit. And you couldn't even score a goal against Matt Turner. Like, sure, if if prime Tim Howard slammed the door on you, that's one thing. He's Tim freaking Howard. Like. That's. That would be understandable. You couldn't score on Matt Turner. Before this tournament, the guy's most impressive accomplishment was was saving the PK, letting it bounce behind him, and roll into the goal. He, he was on not top. He was on the not top ten for an entire week after that. Like. You couldn't score on that guy. And I love Matt Turner. He's played out of his freaking mind so far in the in the group stage. Dude is allowed one goal. And it was a penalty. That was shot by Gareth Bale. Like, not many goalies are stopping that. Am I wrong? And and the uh, the England what happened video on TikTok is absolutely incredible. England, what happened? Oh God, that was incredible. It's one of my favorite videos I've ever seen. Nothing unites Americans more than British people talking shit. The way it has always been and the way it will always be. Oh my god. And then... And then, the Iranians. Oh my god, the Iranians. These guys... The the second half of that game specifically was an absolutely shameful display from the... from the Iranian team. Like... Straight up shameful. They were like, oh, you're, oh, the back of your leg got brushed by the other guy's spikes. I thought this man tore his ACL. Like, I thought this man, I thought this man's knee exploded the way he was reacting. He screamed like he got shot. With 50 cal. 
straight through the foot. Like, that's what his reaction sounded like. Like, that there was a there was a 50 caliber bullet hole going straight through the top of his foot out the other end. Like, that's what it sounded like. Just absolutely shameful behavior from this team. Oh my God. And like, and trying to pull on, um, I think it was, it was Eunice Musa. Trying to pull off Eunice Musa's jersey when he's on a break, when he's on a breakaway and and then acting like you did nothing wrong when the ref blows the whistle and calls a foul on you you tried to rip the man's shirt off and then they're they're bitching in the box oh my god like Shaq Moore did not commit a handball you can watch the replay he's tucking his arm in across his chest if the ball grazed his elbow a little bit it was a lot of contact to his arm. Like the ball maybe grazed his elbow for a split second. It was not a handball. Like you're not going to get that ruling when he is tucking his arm completely across his chest. Like he is making every effort to keep his hand and his forearm away from that ball. And then towards the end of the game, when all 11 guys on the field and every single person on their bench was was crying for a penalty at the end of the game when uh, one of their strikers fell over on a corner kick. Um, he, he kind of fell over on his own. He was definitely flopping to try and get a penalty. And uh, if anything, he fouled Bat Turner in the process. Because, you know, he went, cle- he went spikes up into Matt Turner's shins. Like, just, just absolute bitch behavior. We won though, so it didn't really matter. And we got to send them packing. And they're like Iranian media trying to start shit when, you know, they're currently committing hundreds of human rights violations, murder of civilians all this other wonderful stuff that they've been doing since they took over in the late seventies a day, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, I, I know you, uh, I know you tend not to listen to, to this man's words, but, um, maybe, um, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. I, I don't, I don't get into politics much on this show. Cause I fucking hate politics, but, uh, maybe, uh, maybe listen to those words a little bit. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And I'm not like, I, I'm not saying anything about us. I'm just telling them to shut the fuck up (laughs) cause they, they have room to talk, but yeah, like, there's a reason I played courtesy of the red, white, and blue at the beginning of the show. Like if I wanted to just do, if I wanted to just be patriotic, I would have played the team America theme again. Now I, I picked courtesy of the red, white, and blue for a reason, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that was, I think today was the last day of group stage. Uh, no, maybe not. 
tomorrow is. So, yeah, fr- Friday is the uh, is the last day of group stage, and then knockouts start right now. Oh yeah, duh, it's Wednesday. So Thursday and Friday, last two days of group stage. By the time most of you listen to this, the uh, the Thursday games will already be over. So uh, all the matchups have have not been completely set in stone yet, but like like I said, we could have done much worse than Netherlands, Argentina, Argentina, France. Portugal's probably getting out of their group. I'm pretty sure they already have. I'm assuming they already have their group. Yeah, they have their group pretty much locked. Brazil. I wouldn't want to play Brazil. I wouldn't want to play Spain. I wouldn't want to play reigning world champions France. Like, we could have done much worse with this draw. We could have done much, much worse. I think it'll be a good game. I think, uh, but I I genuinely believe we have a chance to win. If Pulisic's going to be back, which he has already confirmed he is, like I said, man has man has quite literal balls of steel. But yeah, it's uh, that's going to be a good game. I, I if it's even possible, I want to play. I want to play England it's again at some point in this tournament. I want to I want to genuinely send England home. I don't know if that's possible. But I like I genuinely want to play England at some point in the knockout stage. Like sure, beating anybody would be fun because we could just keep screaming it's called soccer. But I, I really want to beat England. Like, we can't send Mexico home. Thank thank you, uh, Poland, for that. Uh, Poland and Saudi Arabia. Actually, mostly Saudi Arabia, because Poland didn't do anything. Like, Saudi Arabia scored on them and sent them home. You know, with them, because they were already out. They were, they were dead last in that group. It was between Mexico and Poland who was going to get the second spot. But we're we're the only CONCACAF team going through. Oh my god, if they if it if Poland had scored one more goal and they won two nothing and still got eliminated. Oh, oh my god, the memes would have been incredible. The memes would have been incredible. If if Poland managed one more goal against against Argentina and and so and the Saudis didn't score but I would assume in that situation yeah let's say uh let's let's look at this group because they would have been tied one one and one and yeah Poland's Poland's goal differential if they scored against if they scored against Argentina instead of Saudi scoring against Mexico, their goal differential would have been plus one. Mexico's would have been zero. Could you imagine the memes? 
of Mexico winning 2-0, which is normally the score they lose by. Because, you know, dos acero. Oh, the... We missed out. We missed an opportunity. <laughs> I mean, we're still going to trash Mexico for going home because I'm doing it right now. But that is a... That was a golden opportunity that was yanked away from us by forces beyond our control. That would have been glorious. Like, sure, beating them in knockout stage 2-0 would have been better. But them winning by the cursed scoreline and going home. Oh my god, that would have been incredible. But that's what I got for... uh, for World Cup soccer stuff. Up next, we are going to switch gears and get into some Call of Duty League. It's the first week of the season. And uh, oof, I got some thoughts. It's coming up next here on the mashup. Okay, time for some COD League. And it is the first weekend of the season. We are back to online play, which I can't wait to be completely rid of. Because it seems like they're very much in the process of getting rid of this like teams are selling tickets to watch parties rocker is playing two matches on land later in the season like we are we are very slowly but surely moving away from online play fully which thank god online play sucks the the servers are not stable enough <coughs> for for online play they're Truly not. But matches this weekend? Honestly, not terrible. Like, we get some good looks at at new rosters. Unfortunately, no. Uh, and second to last game of the day, Sunday, you get a run back of champs. You get, you get Thieves' face. Second to last game of the day on Sunday at 6. Which, that game probably won't start at 6. There's going to be some technical hiccups at some point this weekend. Probably many, many technical hiccups. Just given the current state of the game. Remember remember right before the New York Major? When the servers went down and it caused almost a 2 hour delay? I could see something like that happening again. Just just putting that out there. But got some interesting matchups this weekend. Friday, Breach versus FaZe. Eh, doesn't really do it for me. I, I want Breach to win because I think that would be funny. That like, oh yeah, we're kicking off the season with Atlanta FaZe, the runner-up who didn't win a single major all year against the team that didn't even come close to winning a major all year. Then Optic Minnesota. Actually, these first day matches are really weird now that I look at them. Optic Minnesota should be good, but like, there's no juice to that at all. Same with same with Legion and Thieves. Like, LAG versus Surge, that'll have, that has a little bit of juice to it. Like, Gorillas and Surge, they're... They like the two LA teams and Seattle kind of have this like three-way rivalry with each other that I think 
is really good and should be fostered. It's also a weird combination of, like, of, of backers. Like, the Vancouver Canucks... And, and also, um, I, I believe BC Lions are included in that too. The, Va- the Vancouver Canucks, the Los Angeles Rams, and Arsenal, and then 100 Thieves. Like, I know Dan Gilbert's an investor, but he doesn't do much with 100 Thieves. Like, obviously... Obviously, uh, crap. Forgot the guy's name. The the Rams guy. The the Rams owner. Uh, Stan Kroenke. Like, Stan Kroenke does not do much with LAG. Like, they're allowed to use SoFi Stadium for promote, for, like, team media and stuff, which is awesome. It's, it looks so cool when SoFi Stadium's lit up all purple for, for LAG. Like, SoFi Stadium is one of my favorite stadiums in the NFL right now. And, like, I got to give it to them. It looked really cool when they did uh, their team intro video there last year. Like, that was... That was a really good one. But, yeah, these... Like, the first match that actually has some juice to it is Saturday. Minnesota versus Toronto. Like, these two teams basically swapped rosters. They swapped three players and then kept a guy. Like, Minnesota still has a Tatch. I'm pretty sure. Like, let's see. Gotta make sure I still have the roster correct off the uh, off the top of my head. Yeah, Attach, Cami. Vance and Afro. So it's not, it's not everybody, but it's, it's two guys from Toronto. And then Toronto, I think Toronto has like mostly for like former rocker players. Oh, they just have Standy. And he's probably going to be a sub, but still like, Rocker Toronto is a very good rivalry. It's been a good rivalry since the beginning because at first they were just like arguing about the whole who's who's the furthest north. And then London would swoop in and be like, um, actually, I'm further north than both of you. Which technically they are, but you don't think of London that way. Like, think about that. London is further north than the city of Toronto. Oh, weird, isn't it? London is further north than Toronto. I know Toronto is like very, very southern. Like Toronto is basically in New York as compared to like U.S. states. Toronto is like super southern as far as Canadian cities go. But still, like think about that. London's further north than both of them. But yeah, that's the only one that like really has has juice the first two days. Like you get a you're getting matches between teams that should be competitive. Like Optic and Minnesota. I I expect both of them to be good this year. 
I expect Seattle to be good again this year. I expect Toronto to be good this year. I expect... I kind of expect New York to be good this year. Actually, do I? I don't even know what their, their current roster is. Um, but they... I mean, they still have... They still have Paco. Like, they still have... Their, their roster has not been updated <laughs> on the... Uh, on the website. That's very weird. But like they they still have they still have Hydra. Like they're gonna be they're gonna be okay. Like sure, they lost they lost Krim. Like that's a that's a big loss, but they were they were good at the end of the year last year, and then everything just kind of finally caught up to them at champs. Like Bo- I expect I expect Boston to still be good. Because I think they're, I think they're also bringing back most of last year's roster. Of course, when I start recording, I just forget who's on every team. Oh, they got they got Nero, Zinni, and Vivid, like, and Awakening, and Big Wake. Like, yeah, they'll be fine. That's actually that's actually a better roster than last year. Like, they lost they lost Cap, which is insane. Where the heck is he playing? Caps at all. Where's where's he currently playing? Previously a substitute for Breach. He he hasn't signed anywhere yet? No one's taken a flyer on this guy. That makes no sense to me. Like, he was a he was really good last year. I'm shocked no one's act I just assumed someone had picked him up. But yeah, first weekend. It's going to be really hard to tell who anyone is. It's going to be hard to tell who anyone is until we get to the major in, what, like two weeks? Three weeks? No, two weeks. It's literally, my God, the major starts in two weeks. <laughs> that's that's kind of insane. I, I like this new system. Two weeks of qualifying play. <laughs> Two weeks of qualifying play before we actually start the tournament instead of three. Decent sized gap between Major One and Major Two in in Boston. But that's also because, you know, Christmas, New Year. Like the second the second stage, the qualifiers for the Boston Major don't start until January 13th. But that's the biggest gap at any point in the season. All the others are 12 days. Or April 16th to May 4th is a little bit longer. Or April 16th to May 5th is what? Uh, that is... April 16th. One, two. Oh, no, that's... That's uh, a little under three weeks. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's not as short as the others, but that's not terrible. See, so yeah, the first the first two weeks of matches, nothing's like really jumping out at me. Like Rocker Toronto is going to be good. Thieves phase on Sunday, that's always good. Uh, Ultra versus phase next Friday. Oh god, that's they have the last game of the day on Friday the 9th and then the first game of the day on Saturday the tenth. That's rough. <laughs> and then Thieves Optic. Second to last game of qualifiers, uh, a week from Sunday on the 11th. That's going to be pretty good. And of course, there's always teams that that come out and surprise me. Like, 
you know, LAG at the Rocker Major last year. <laughs> Seattle at the Toronto Major. That's when Seattle really came into their own. I think Seattle's going to be really freaking good this year. Because they're, they're running it back. They have the same roster they did last year, and now they're all a year better. Yeah, I think I think Seattle's going to be absolutely insane this year. I think Vegas is, once again, going to suck. Mostly because they're probably all going to hate each other. Like, I I genuinely expect this, uh, this Vegas Legion roster to absolutely hate each other. Like, just straight up. Like, Clay and TJ Haley... Those two will not get along at all. <laughs> but hopefully, like, just just looking at this map pool, I hope they can get more out of this than, um, than pub players have so far because this map pool sucks. Hey, sir, search. Fortress, Hotel, Eliseo, Embassy, Mercado. Embassy is Gustav Cannon tier. And I will not hear anyone tell me any different. Embassy sucks. And it also takes forever to load because it's part of the fucking Warzone map. And it's loading the entire Warzone map. IW was so fucking lazy with this game. Like, most of the maps are not original maps. Like, there aren't even that many maps, and most of them aren't original. Crown Raceway is original. Mer- I think Mercado and LSEO are original. That's it. That's three out of the ten starting maps in this game. Because Fortress, part of the Warzone map. Oh, Hotel is too. Fortress, part of the Warzone map. Embassy, part of the Warzone map. Uh, Hydroelectric, which is in the hardpoint rotation for some reason. Thank God it's not... Thank God it's not in search. Like, thank God it's a hardpoint only map. But we had a really shitty map pool last year. Tuscan. Like, Tuscan was terrible. Gav was not good. Berlin. Berlin sucked. Like, Berlin was good for search and nothing else. It was a lot like Miami in Cold War. And... And I like Miami better than I like all of these maps. Like, I would rather play, outside of, like, Armada Strike, I would rather play any Cold War map than a map in Modern Warfare 22. They're all really terrible. They're all absolutely awful. Hopefully, we get Crown Raceway in the pool after the first major, because that's been the rumor. Because, my God, we need better maps than this crop of awful. Like, Fortress should not be a pro-play map. It shouldn't even be a 6v6 map. It is designed from the ground up as a Warzone POI. It should not be a standard multiplayer map. It does not work for that. It's so bad. There's so many camping spots. There's bare... There's so many camping spots and like, like one way cover. It's, it's terrible. Like one of the hard points is a small circle around a freaking statue. Like it's, 
It's terrible. And it's in all three modes. So is Hotel. Hotel sucks. Hotel is one of the worst COD map. Like, that's the thing. Hotel's one of the better maps in this game. And it's still terrible. And we've got... We've got freaking Gustav Cannon tier maps that are in all three game modes and another one that's in two. Two Gustav Cannon tier maps. That's insane. That's that's straight up insane. So hopefully the pros can do more with these maps than we can, but like they've worked miracles before. They they brought entertaining moments out of freaking Garrison in Miami and Tuscan. Like they brought entertaining moments out of Tuscan control. Miami search. Maybe, maybe they can get something good out of, out of, uh, out of hotel search or fortress. Actually, no, I think, I think fortress is going to get banned by like, at least nine of the teams. Like, 75% of the league will never play that map. Like, 75% of the league will auto-ban Fortress Search. Guaranteed. And then, like, you might get a phase from last year where a team will absolutely suck at a map, but they'll refuse to ban it. Like, phase never banned Tuscan Hardpoint. And then they constantly choked it. Hopefully, hopefully they have another map like that this year. Honestly, it'll probably be. I I feel like it might be Hotel Hardpoint. Like they might just absolutely suck at Hotel Hardpoint. It just it just feels like a thing Phase would be bad at. But uh, after after the complaints, let, let's let's have something we can all laugh at. Vegas's team pack is twice the price of everyone else's. They finally pay their team a... They finally pay for a legit roster that's probably still not going to be very good and uh, char- charge double for their team skins. God, that team is pathetic. They, if they suck again this year and they just keep refusing to spend money, they, they need to be forced to sell. They need to be forced to sell to Complexity. Or Cloud9 or Evil Geniuses or anyone. They need to be forced out of the league. But that's what I got for Call of Duty League. Up next, we'll uh, get into some college football. And don't you worry. The thing that is currently affecting my team, I have some strong opinions about that too. We'll, we'll end the segment with that. That's coming up next here on The Mashup. All right. College football time. And... What a what a finale weekend it was. Regular season finale because obviously you got the you got the championship games this weekend. But like this was a really good end of the regular season. Not for my team obviously, but uh we'll get to that. We will we will get to that. Don't you worry. Obviously the Michigan Ohio State game where Michigan just beat the crap out of Ohio State without Blake Corum in Columbus. Incredible performance by J.J. McCarthy. Like, 
dude ripped Ohio State's good defense to absolute shreds. Like, Ryan Day should have never said that, uh, we'll, we'll hang a hundred on him theme, because, uh, Michigan has now beaten the crap out of Ohio State twice since he said that. So, yeah. Good job, Ryan. Like, Georgia Tech gave gave Georgia a little bit of a scare, but I figured Georgia was going to win that game. South Carolina beating Clemson was was very impressive. Like, obviously, this Clemson team has has not been as good this year. Like, uh, DJ, DJ, I, I, I hate that I can't pronounce this guy's name. DJ, Ui, Ui, I'm pretty sure is his name. DJ, Ui, God, DJ. I, I can't pronounce his last name and I'm not going to keep trying because I stumble over it every time I try to say it. He's, not Deshaun Watson. <laughs> that that much is that much is very clear. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Trevor Lawrence. Like he's he's not that good. He's good. He's he would start at most schools at the FBS level. Like he's a very good quarterback. He's not on the level of Clemson's last three quarterbacks. Like that that was one heck of a run too. Like. You go from Taj Boyd to Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence right in a row. That's an incredible run of quarterbacks. Like it was going to drop off eventually. Like each guy, at least in terms of their college game, was better than the previous guy. But I, I think it's time. I mean, I've been... I've been respecting them for a couple weeks now, but it's it's time for everyone else to uh, give TCU the respect they deserve. Like everyone thought, oh, this is going to be a close game with Iowa State. Nope they uh, they won by forty eight. And let's just check the spread. They were favored by eight and a half. So they won by almost six times more than they were supposed to. Good job. Like clearly, and they uh, they they put the game over the total by themselves by sixteen points or seventeen because under would have been forty five. They they put the game over by themselves. They didn't need Iowa State to make this game go over the total. So that was just. Complete and utter domination by the Horned Frogs. And and now they get to play Kansas State in the Big 12 Championship game. Uh, first game of the day. First big game of the day on Saturday. Uh, I'll be honest. I expect them to win. Because haven't they already beaten Kansas State this year? <laughs> I know they beat Kansas. Yeah, they, they've already beaten Kansas State this year. By 10. Back in October. So yeah, I think they will be fine and they should be the number four seed in the playoffs. Screw what the FPI says. Same with, same with USC. Like 
USC is more than likely going to be Pac-12 champion. They have one loss to Utah, which was on the road at the gun. Like, it was a, a last-second heroic comeback by Utah. And if they beat Utah again on Saturday, which I think they are more than capable of, because where is, where is this game actually going to be? This game's going to be in Vegas. This game is actually basically 100% neutral. This is about the same distance for both schools. It's a little, Vegas is a little closer to LA, but, and a lot of people in Utah probably have never been to Vegas and never will go to Vegas just cause you know, Utah, but it's, it's Utah and not BYU. So they, they have a, they have a little bit better of a chance of, uh, having a decent crowd out there. SEC championship game belongs to Georgia. Like they're right now, them and Michigan are the two best teams in the country. Cause previously it was Georgia and Ohio state. And then Michigan just beat Ohio state by 22. So right now, deservedly. So Georgia and Michigan are one and two right now. TC right now in the playoff standings, TCU is three and USC is four. So I don't know where people are getting this idea that 10 and two Bama, who is not playing in the SEC championship game, has lost to has lost to one of the two teams that is in the SEC championship game and is not favored to win said championship game. Yeah, what's the line? 17 and a half points is what Georgia is favored by. I don't know if they cover that. I personally, I think they win by 14. So I don't know if they cover that 17 and a half point spread, but they're going to win by two possessions at least. So, yeah. Like, I don't know who in their right mind thinks thinks Alabama is capable of leapfrogging both Ohio State and USC to get into the top four. Like, Michigan, Georgia, and USC would all have to lose. And even then, Michigan and Georgia are pretty much locks. Like, if Michigan loses the Big Ten Championship game, they're playing Purdue, I would say, like, if Michigan loses the Big Ten Championship game and either TCU or USC lose, actually, honestly, if uh, if USC loses, because I think uh, mm, that's a tough call. Because Ohio State's resume is not actually that great. Like, Notre Dame, a win that's actually aged very well. Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Michigan State, Iowa, Penn State, Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland. Yeah, their resume's not that good. So, and Bama's is worse. The only good teams they've played, they lost to. And they barely beat Texas. They lost to Tennessee. They lost to LSU. They won three in a row, but Ole Miss, Austin P, Auburn. And they barely beat Ole Miss. And honestly, like, with an interim coach who knew he was about to get replaced, 
because the story leaked at like a, at like 1030. Auburn putting up 27 points against the team with a team that's not very good comparatively, especially by their standards. Like that's that's not enough for Bama to leapfrog anybody. Right now, the top four is good. And like if if USC loses and assuming Michigan wins the Big Ten championship game, which they will, it's Purdue. Like, if you want to drop USC, Ohio State should be number four. Then they get ass blasted by Georgia because that's that's how this is happening. They're getting the doors blown off by Georgia if they play them. Because, again, they lost by 22 to Michigan at home. <laughs> when Michigan didn't have Blake Corum, their best player, a Heisman candidate. So yeah, right now, I think the top four is solid. I, I think it's right that, that USC was the one to leapfrog into the fourth spot. I, I have no problem with them being the only with, with them being the one lost team that gets in, because right now there's only three undefeateds. And like by virtue of who was undefeated, there were, when it got down to four, there were only going to be three, because two of them had to play each other. But yeah, gonna be it's going to be an interesting weekend. I'm. I feel like most of these conference championship games are going to be blowouts. <laughs> like Clemson, North Carolina might be fun. But, and TCU, Kansas State should be should be good. The SEC championship game is always good, at least at first. Like, their conference championship games, these guys are going to be able to get up pretty, and like really get into it, but when you see two teams, like the big two, the teams that will probably meet in the national championship game, both favored by three. Actually, Georgia's favored by four scores, because uh, you you can't score you can't score 18 points with, uh, with three touchdowns. Actually, no. Three touchdowns is 21. So, yeah, they're both uh, they're both three score favorites. Actually, three uh, no, Michigan's two score favorites. Georgia is three touchdown favorites. That's, um, it's pretty clear who the two best teams in the countries are, in the country are, in the country, the two best teams in the country are. God, my brain got fried there for a second. Because, listen to these lines. USC minus two. TCU minus two and a half. Georgia minus 17 and a half. Tulane minus three and a half. I'm just reading off the top 25 here. Clemson minus seven and a half. Michigan minus 16 and a half. There's a big discrepancy. Which, shocking. They're the two best teams in the country. But I think I think we're going to get some good games out of uh, out of conference championship weekend. Or what are what are the others looking like? Um Akron Buffalo is eleven and a half. Uh, Texas San Antonio is favored by nine over North Texas for CUSA. Uh, Toledo, Toledo, Ohio is a pick'em for uh, for Maction. Troy's an eight and a half point favorite over Coastal. <laughs> oh man. Oh, oh! If 
if Jamie Chadwell announces he's leaving right before that game. Oh, man. And speaking of Jamie Chadwell, the, the guy's been brought up in connection to two different coaching jobs. Uh, South Florida and the Liberty Flames. Personally, I hope I hope he comes to Liberty because, uh, one, I think he's a very good coach. Uh, he's been on Sports Spectrum. Like, I feel like Jason Romano is... I, I actually need to listen to that. I haven't listened to it yet. I, I really want to hear... I really want to hear his perspective because everyone said like, I trust Jason Romano's judgment on this. Like he's a good dude. And like sports spectrum is a company I very much respect, but yeah, I, uh, I actually really need to listen to that. Uh, Jamie Chadwell sports spectrum podcast, but Man, if Coastal's coach, who was previously at Charleston Southern, like, two of Liberty's, like, basically original rivals. We, we've got, us and Coastal have both kind of left Charleston Southern behind. Like, they're still kind of dominating the Big South, which, hey, good for them. They're, they're, their biggest and best competition left for greener pastures, and now the Big South is all theirs. So, props to them for taking advantage. And, like, their athletic director is Jeff Barber. I'll always have respect for him because he laid the groundwork for what Liberty is now as an athletic department. But, man, if if Coastal, if Coastal's coach left to take the Liberty job, God, that would be glorious. Like, as as a Liberty fan, I would I would feel bad for his players. Like, I would genuinely feel bad for his players, even though they are the dirty beach chickens. Like, I would genuinely feel bad for them, because I've seen the Twitter reactions from the Liberty players to Freeze leaving. I have I have seen a lot of the Twitter reactions from both the commits and from, from current roster players. One guy said... Uh, I'm not one to switch anyway, which tells me Freeze probably wasn't the one recruiting him. It was probably Aldridge, who is who is currently interim coach. I know he's not going to get the job permanently, but I could also see him sticking around and uh, and being part of being part of the staff going forward, like with whoever the replacement is. I again hope it's Jamie Chadwell, but man, it's been. It's been a rough couple days of realization that a good portion of a fan base fell for a con. Fell for a a four-year-long con. Like, I I knew he was going to leave eventually. I knew Freeze was going to leave eventually. I'm not dumb. He's not Richie McKay. Like... Richie McKay, I genuinely believe, will retire at Liberty. Because, like, where where else would he go? Like, if he were to leave, it would have to be, like, Kansas, Kentucky, UNC, Duke. Which, like, Kansas has their guy for a while. Kentucky has, has their guy for a little bit longer. 
UNC and Duke just hired new coaches. Like him and Tony Bennett are about the same age. So they're probably going to retire around the same time. Uh, Villanova just got a new guy. He, I don't think he would really like coaching in California. So UCLA is not happening. Like it would have to be a true, like blue blood program for Richie McKay to leave Liberty. And a lot of them probably have their own guys. They would give that job to first. So I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think a lot of our coaches are going anywhere. Like, I don't think Scott Jackson's going anywhere. I don't think Dot Richardson's going anywhere. Like, I knew Freeze was going to leave eventually, but my God. The way he left, like, it was very clear. Like, looking back in retrospect, it's very clear when he stopped caring. Because you don't go on the road and beat Arkansas on their homecoming day. And then go to UConn a week later where most of the fans in the building are your fans and lose. You then don't come home and play the worst Virginia Tech team in decades and lose. And then you really... Don't lose to four-win New Mexico State by 35 on senior day. Because, like, it's partially Pete Thamel's fault for leaking that story less than two hours before kickoff. But, clearly, the players didn't really want to play for him anymore. Because, uh, they didn't care. Amon Walker got called for a bullcrap targeting call. He got ejected. No one was really talking to him on the sideline. All the coaches were checked out. Fans were leaving. Like, the seniors on this team deserved better than that. Like, the seniors on this team truly deserved better than that. Dennis Osagade, like, he's a transfer. This was his only year at Liberty. Dude deserved better than that. He was... He was a key player. Like, dude was a grad transfer. He's only going to play here one year. He de- he deserved a better send-off than that. They all did. Like, how do you lose to four-win New Mexico State? How do you do that? At home. On senior day. You have infinitely more talent than they do. We know why. Because because uh, it came out on Monday when he uh, when he took the job that he was already recruiting for Auburn. That that's not a process you start within an hour of a a contract offer. I think I think that process started on November seventh. And then, and then that introductory press conference question was, what did you learn at Liberty that you could bring here? The first words out of his mouth. I had a good five years at Ole Miss. Nice, nice to know the, the four years 
you spent here. Where you took this program to heights I couldn't even imagine as a freshman. Less than 10 years ago. Like, 24, you go to 2014 me. You go to 19-year-old me right before football, right before football season starts in 2014. My freshman year at Liberty. And you say, hey, in, in just a few, in six years, or no, not even that long. In three years, this team's going to go on the road and beat Baylor. In six years, they're going to beat Syracuse and Virginia Tech. And they're going to lose by one at North Carolina State. In eight years, they're going to beat... They're going to lose to a ranked FBS team on the road by one point. They're going to finish eight and four. They're, you're going to be disappointed with a one point, not just disappointed, you're going to be genuinely angry at a one point loss to Virginia Tech that was played at home. You're also going to beat BYU. You're going to go to Arkansas and win. You're going to see this team do all of that in less than 10 years. Like all, or heck, not even beginning of the season, end of the season. Like right, say right after my birthday, right after my birthday in 2014. So season's been over about a month. You, you go and you tell me, oh yeah. Uh, remember, remember that win over Coastal and that win over JMU that you were hyped for, for weeks after both games? Yeah, they're going to basically mean nothing to the accomplishments of this team over the next eight years. Like, they're going to play in three in four straight bowl games. They're going to win three in a row over Coastal in one of them. Get, good to know. Good to know that that four years meant meant absolutely nothing to you. We helped you repair your reputation in in the eyes of the media, barely, based on the reactions I've seen. But you bounced back. We took the heat. We took the heat for hiring you. Like, an entire school, an entire student and alumni base took the heat for a decision we had no hand in. And that meant nothing. Four years meant absolutely nothing to you. Like, it was an afterthought. When the question was about us, when the question was about liberty, we were an afterthought. Fine. We'll... We'll we'll ride with someone that doesn't need to turn over control of his social media accounts to the school as part of his contract. But we'll ride with someone that doesn't need that the school doesn't need to hire a PR firm to deal with the backlash. Like I have I have defended this guy. 
I have defended this guy as like as our coach. <laughs> Eventually, I will look back and appreciate the four years. Like three straight three straight bowl wins in the first three years of bowl eligibility. Multiple weeks in the AP top twenty five. A what? Uh two and three record against the ACC. A a one and one record against the SEC. Like a a win over BYU. Like how can I eventually I will look back and be appreciative of that, but my god is it tainted. So hopefully if Chadwell's the guy, I, I I expect him to move on eventually if he does really well. Just like just like he moved on from Charleston Southern, just like he's probably about to move on to from Coastal, no matter where he goes. I hope it's not the same as this. Where we're like if he I don't know spends five, six, seven good years at Liberty. And then he moves on to like, I don't know, Ohio State. I hope it's not like this. I, I expected to be more angry. I expected to be yelling and and swearing. No, I'm just it's you've heard the tone. I've been talking like this for the past few minutes. I, I expected this to be much more fiery when I was planning what this show would be like out in my head. Now I'm just like, it's just like, it's not even anger. I'm just stunned. Like he, he, he mentioned us in his answer to that question. Anyway, he, he said a whole lot of nothing. He said a whole lot of nothing when people asked him about it after the game. You made that Dear Seniors video. That was incredible. Guess it was mostly the creative team making you look good, huh? Yeah, this sounds like... This sounds really angry. But not in, like, the way I usually get angry. But it's just how I feel. I know I've been ranting mostly about my team, but it's how it goes on this show. We'll ride with Chadwell. If if he's the guy, which is looking more and more likely, because it seems like he's torn between us and South Florida. We got a lot more money than South Florida does. <laughs> and he already knows how, like, Coastal and Liberty basically pull from the same recruiting footprint. They pull from Atlanta. They pull from, they pull from Atlanta. They pull from Western PA. They pull from D.C. Eh, I don't know if Coastal has much as much of a reach in Western PA as Liberty does. But, like, they pull from a lot of the same places. Atlanta, uh, Tidewater area, Virginia, so, like, Virginia Beach area. Like, Virginia Beach, uh, Norfolk area. I, I would assume they're going into D.C. because everyone in the South goes into D.C. There's a lot of talent there. Like, and... Like, Liberty could reach into Tennessee if they wanted to. 
Heck, Lynch, Lynchburg in Roanoke itself is a decent recruiting bid. And Coastal pulls from there, too. So he knows how to recruit Liberty's recruiting footprint already. He's already got connections. Yeah, I, because I've said it on the show before. No one in power at Liberty will ever admit to this. But CUSA is not the endgame. We all know that. We know what the end game is. It's three letters. It's three letters, two C's and an A. Not in that order. You know, A, C, C. So, I, I thought, I thought few, I thought we would uh, ride the frozen, ride the frozen wave into uh, into USC, but guess we're gonna ride with. Uh, into USC, into the ACC, eventually. I, I don't think it's like the soonest that happens is in five years. Like that is that is the earliest that happens. I'm being a realist here, but we know that's the goal. No one will admit it, but I've checked this with other Liberty fans. We all know it's the goal. We just don't say it very often because no one in power at the school would admit it. But I know I ranted on my team a lot there, but I wanted to, uh, I talk about my teams on this show. Sorry. I wanted to get my thoughts out there. That's what I got for college football. And, uh, and honestly, rapid, rapid fire to end the show. I want to, I want to end the show. Just end the show here. Cause the other two things I want to talk about, uh, are pretty quick. So unfortunately I was hyped for this cause uh, Esports Arena Arlington is a really cool venue. Uh, the Optic Halo Land seems like it is not happening because, you know, it's in a little over, like, it's in a little over a week. Starts in, what, 10 days? <laughs> Starts a week from Saturday. And uh, no teams have been announced. So that tournament is definitely not happening. So we'll have to wait a little while to uh, get some Halo Esports again. But that's fine. Like, like we got we got the good event right around Christmas last year with with the Raleigh Major, and like before we know it, Charlotte will be here. Like we'll be on the verge of the Charlotte Major, and we get that uh, Space Station Forge event sometime in like January, I think. So that becomes the forefront on the calendar because I want to see the pro teams playing on Forge maps because a lot of these Forge maps that have come out are really freaking good. The Narrows remake, the Damnation remake, uh, Infinite Forge is working on. I hope they put Lockout in there because, like, Infinite Era pl- pros playing on, playing on a Lockout remake or a Narrows remake, and that Narrows remake is so freaking cool with all like the banished aesthetic instead of Forerunner. Like, sign me the frick up to uh, see some pro some pro play on that map. Or uh, or that pit remake or anything else cool that's been made in Ford doesn't all have to be remakes. And I'm still putting it out there. I want to see some of those uh, totally not COD maps get played. Like I want to see I want to see the pros play capture the flag on uh, a map that looks vaguely similar to High Rise but is legally distinct because uh, that would be very funny. And uh, to round things out, you know what? I, I've, I keep getting sold 
with the trailers for the uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. I do. Like, I really do. Other than Chris Pratt's voice. Like, I don't hate Chris Pratt. I, I genuinely really like Chris Pratt. But either he didn't care at all, or the audio engineer absolutely hates him. Possibly both. Because at the end of that trailer, in the Mario Kart scene, which looks really cool, like, it's like, oh my god, that's Rainbow Road! They're, wait, or it's like, the actual sequence of events was, oh my god, they're doing Mario Kart. Wait a minute, that's Rainbow Road! That's so cool! And then he says, let's go, in like, Chris Pratt voice. You couldn't even try to do the accent, Chris. And, like, his audio mix sounds different than everyone else's. Like, but, like, everything else about it. The animation looks absolutely incredible. I like Charlie Day as Luigi. I like Jack Black as Bowser. I like Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, the little bit we got to hear of him. And, um, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. And, uh... Anna Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. Like, everyone else is good. It's annoying that Chris Pratt either didn't try or had an audio engineer who really hated him. Possibly both. But what do you guys think about anything I had to say on the show today? It was... I know this one was a roller coaster, but... Uh, what's new for this show? But hope you all enjoyed. Uh, forgot to say this at the top of the show. Hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgivings last week. But uh, yeah, that's it for today, and I will see you guys next time.